This is Affliction Fiction, a podcast regarding writers and artists who quite literally make their characters sick. I'm James Ewer. And I'm Jennifer Horlick. On this show, we analyze illnesses that exist in fictional work, such as TV books and film, and how they relate to the real world. And this week, we'll be taking a look at monkey nucleosis from the classic Nickelodeon animated series, Hey Arnold! That's not like the NBC... Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold was a show that ran on Nickelodeon from the mid-90s to the mid-2000s, following a boy named Arnold, who navigates life with his friends in a big urban city known as Hillwood. The show oftentimes also follows a girl named Helga, who publicly acts like a bully towards Arnold, but is actually his secret admirer. On one episode, the characters are in a science class learning about absurd diseases that were once purported to have existed. Oh, some theoretical diseases since debunked by modern scientists are lupus aureolus, in which the victim's ears grew uncontrollably until they resembled those of a flop-eared rabbit. But probably the most ridiculous was monkey nucleosis, in which the victim, after coming in contact with an infected monkey, developed monkey-like characteristics. What a bunch of twaddle. <laughs> Early physicians believed a mere scratch or touch from a monkey would cause the victim to contract the dreaded disease, leading to sweating, fever, and eventually expiration. After class, Helga stops to watch a man playing a barrel organ in the park, who has a dancing monkey beside him. Suddenly, the monkey unexpectedly runs to Helga and kisses her on the arm. Later on, Helga begins to notice the initial symptoms of monkey nucleosis, but remains skeptical. Man, my arm itches. Stupid monkey. Gee, it looks kind of red and puffy. A mere scratch or touch from a monkey would cause the victim to contract the dreaded disease. <laughs> monkey nucleosis, yeah right. Like I'm really gonna turn into a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, Helga stops by the library to confirm what it is that monkey nucleosis actually entails, and she grows more frightened as she recognizes that she is displaying the symptoms herself. Monkey nucleosis, monkey nucleosis. Aha! Scientifically implausible symptoms of this affliction include one, itching and puffiness? I've got that! Two, sweaty palms. Phew! Three, loss of appetite. Four, irritability. And finally, Expiration. Well, at least I've only got one of the symptoms. <gasps> Sweaty palms! The second symptom! Later on, Helga does indeed find herself losing her appetite and becoming more irritable, so she accepts that she must have monkey nucleosis and will soon expire because of it. Convinced that she is going to die, Helga begins giving away all her possessions to her friends. But when her friend Phoebe receives her book about monkey nucleosis, she realizes that Helga isn't actually in the dire circumstances she claims to be. Helga, wait! I know what's going on and you've got everything all wrong! Huh? You don't have monkey nucleosis. Helga, contact with a monkey isn't really dangerous. The most you could possibly get is a minor skin irritation. The rest is all in your mind. You mean I'm not going to expire? No, of course not. The whole idea is simply ridiculous. That's great! I'm not gonna expire! Yes! Yes! For the sake of wrapping up the plot nicely, Phoebe states that a skin irritation is the worst condition that could come from physical contact with a monkey. Unfortunately, outside of Nickelodeon, that isn't the case. 
According to Doctor of Veterinary Medicine Ron Hines, a disease that can be transmitted from an animal to a human is known as a zoonosis. Put plainly, monkeys are not exempt from the spread of zoonoses. A disease carried by a monkey can be spread to a human via a bite, exposure to its feces, or exposure to its bodily fluids such as its saliva. Therefore, it isn't unrealistic to say that Helga could have gotten something worse than a skin irritation when the monkey kissed her arm. The two most dangerous diseases that a monkey is likely to transmit to a human are actually more common than you might expect, herpes B and tuberculosis. These are the diseases for which captive-bred monkeys are most frequently tested. Herpes B is a virus that's present in a significant number of colonies of a special kind of primate known as a macaque. You know, this one time I walked into a room wearing tan dress pants with a monkey on them and I said, hey everybody, check out macaque. My god. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Much like how herpes simplex causes cold sores and fever blisters in humans, herpes B is not life-threatening to macaques. It simply causes ulcers and bubbles to develop in the mouth and face region. However, according to the CDC, if herpes B virus spreads from a macaque to a human, it can lead to flu-like symptoms that eventually develop into brain damage and even, you guessed it, expiration. Similarly, symptoms differ between the presence of tuberculosis in humans and the presence of tuberculosis in monkeys. In humans, TB is a lung infection that we typically associate with coughing, but in monkeys, TB is more likely to cause weight loss and diarrhea, and it can be immediately fatal rather than gradually debilitating. If you'd like to know more about tuberculosis in humans, you can refer back to our second episode about the Red Death. The main point to be taken here is that monkeys can transmit diseases to humans, and technically speaking, humans can in turn transmit diseases back to monkeys. And importantly, there isn't a particular subset of monkey-related illnesses that humans can contract. Rather, there are many viruses which already infect both humans and monkeys independently, like TB, Salmonella, and Hepatitis A and B. Viruses like these cause different symptoms depending on whether they're present in a human or a monkey, but they are nevertheless transmissible between the two. Therefore, Helga contracting a disease from a monkey wouldn't even necessarily cause her to behave like a monkey. It's more likely that it would cause symptoms and issues that aren't even remotely similar to what a monkey would display. As the first symptom of monkey nucleosis is itching and puffiness, we can discuss different types of skin irritations and rashes. According to Healthline, a rash is a noticeable change in the texture or color of your skin. Your skin may become scaly, bumpy, itchy, or otherwise irritated. Healthline lists 21 different kinds of rashes, some of which include flea bites, contact dermatitis, allergic eczema, shingles, cellulitis, drug allergy, tick bite, and scarlet fever. The most relevant types of skin rashes with regards to monkey nucleosis are ones that are caused by contact with animals or bites from animals, as well as allergic reactions. Hey, Jennifer. Yes? This one time, my older sister Chloe, she was asking me if, historically speaking, any of the old world primates knew Cleopatra personally. And I said, yeah, monkey nucleosis. Why is her name Cleosis? No, as in monkey. Oh, Cleo. Mon monkey knew Cleopatra, sis. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a different one later, okay. <laughs> one common example of a rash resulting from contact with a foreign substance is contact dermatitis. Foreign substances causing this kind of rash include beauty products, soaps, laundry detergent, dyes, chemicals in rubber, elastic, or latex, and poisonous plants like poison oak or poison ivy. 
Contact dermatitis relates more to a substance coming into contact with the skin and causing an adverse reaction rather than another human or animal contact. So it doesn't directly relate to the alleged cause of monkey nucleosis. Furthermore, contact dermatitis causes a rash similar to that of monkey nucleosis that is itchy, red, and swollen. However, the rash can also become scaly or raw, as well as develop blisters that ooze or become crusty. While monkeys that cause monkey nucleosis aren't described as biting humans, it's important to note that animals and bugs can cause skin rashes through biting the skin. For example, flea bites cause clusters of itchy red bumps surrounded by a red halo, usually arranged on the lower legs and feet. Similarly, tick bites manifest in a rash, burning sensation, blisters, and pain or swelling at the area of the bite. Hey, Jennifer. Yes? There was a separate instance where my sister was like, Hey, do you think any practicing Buddhist brothers ever knew Cleopatra? And I was like, Monk? He knew Cleo, sis. Monk? As in Tony Shalhoub from the TV show Monk? (laughs) Nobody watched that. Nobody. Yeah, I've never watched it. I don't know what it's about. (laughs) While minor rashes and bites can often be treated with over-the-counter medications, there are times when rashes require professional medical treatment. The American Academy of Dermatology lists six symptoms that indicate when someone should see a dermatologist or other health practitioner for treatment of a rash. These symptoms are having the rash all over your body, having an accompanying fever, the rash is sudden and spreading rapidly, the rash beginning to blister, the rash causing pain, and the rash becoming infected. That grammar is questionable, but we're going to go with it. Sounds like you made a rash decision. Oh, oh, you could say that. I could, but I wish I hadn't. (laughs) Ooh, yeah, let's talk about sweaty palms, which I have right now. So does Eminem. Uh, Go ahead and wrap it, Jennifer, because I know you're going to. Eyes wide, palms are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. (laughs) While this condition is just a temporary symptom for those afflicted with monkey nucleosis, there is a condition that actually exists in which one cannot control their sweaty palms. According to the International Hyperhidrosis Society, palmar hyperhidrosis is defined as excessive, uncontrollable sweating of the hands or palms. This condition can be stressful, embarrassing, and confidence-wrecking, as this society states that having chronically sweaty palms can negatively impact one's social life, education, and career. Treating palmar hyperhidrosis begins with applying an antiperspirant to the hands at night before bed. If antiperspirants don't provide the level of relief that patients desire, the next step is trying iontophoresis. And let me tell you, iontophoresis... What? It doesn't even mean anything. (laughs) It sounded like a full sentence. I agree, sis. I ought to free sis. I (gasps) ought to free sis. That's what it was. When I was talking to her about Cleopatra, she was in jail. And I thought I ought to free her. (laughs) Anyway, according to Healthline, iontophoresis entails using a medical device to deliver mild electrical currents while the body part being treated is submerged in water. These currents act to temporarily block sweat glands, and this treatment is commonly used on feet or armpits in addition to hands. Yet another treatment for palmar hyperhidrosis is Botox. The Botox can be injected directly into the palms to dramatically reduce sweating, and the effects typically last about six months, though the injections themselves are painful. The third symptom resulting from monkey nucleosis is loss of appetite. According to Healthline, loss of appetite entails not having the same desire to eat as one usually does. Signs include not wanting to eat, unintentional weight loss, and not feeling hungry. 
The idea of food or eating may even make someone with loss of appetite feel nauseous. Some cases of loss of appetite are chronic fatigue syndrome, pregnancy, flu and common cold, postpartum depression, heat emergencies, premenstrual syndrome, and alcohol withdrawal syndrome. Note that this list doesn't include skin rashes or coming into contact with allergens or foreign substances. Some psychological factors and disorders can affect appetite, including stress, grief, bipolar disorder, anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, anxiety, and depression. Loss of appetite is a common side effect of being generally unwell, so it could very well result from being sick by way of contact with a monkey, but who, who are we to say? The last symptom of monkey nucleosis before expiration is irritability. Expiration. Expirate, good times, come on. That's not the verb form, it's expire. Anyway, <laughs> Reader's Digest has an article entitled 17 Medical Reasons Why You Always Feel Cranky. The reasons they list are lack of sleep, dementia, chronic pain, mild depression, anxiety, over-caffeination, as Jennifer can attest to, Heart failure, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, there was a picture inserted of a woman grabbing a box of pads from the store, which was a funny feature of the article, <laughs> perimenopause, attention deficit disorder, or ADD, concussion, diet pills, medications, hyperthyroidism, obsessive compulsive personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, and substance abuse. Long story short, there are a lot of factors that can lead someone to be irritable, and it's pretty believable that someone with an annoying rash would be irritable. <laughs> Me trying to wrap this up. Good sentence, Jennifer. <laughs> In general, it's common for a person to experience irritability while suffering through something, whether it be physical illness, mental illness, or any other kind of external struggle. While monkey nucleosis is not a real disease, its symptoms, like lack of appetite and irritability, are common side effects and symptoms that accompany many conditions. And that's all we have to say for now. But what do you think? Do you have a question or contribution to today's discussion? If so, you can send us an email at afflictionfiction at wnyu.org. For now, I'm James Ewer. And I'm Jennifer Horlick. Thanks for listening. And get well soon. Hey Arnold, Season 2, Episode 5, Monkey Business, was written by Steve Vixton and is property of Viacom. Lover's Carvings by Bibio was written by Stephen Wilkinson and is property of Warp Records. 